God, we love you, and we are grateful and thankful to be in this space at this time, to be able to worship, to be able to dive into the word, uh, just to be able to be in your presence, God. And we are uh, just, just hopeful this morning. We come with just expectation this morning that you would speak through your word once again. God, the words that come out of my mouth would not be my words, but they would be your words for your people on your day, God. We are here to hear from you, and I pray that we would leave here knowing that we have heard, now leaving challenged and shaped by what we have heard from you this morning. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've been in a pretty fun series so far, walking through the book of Ephesians. Um, We have been on kind of a journey through scripture all year. Uh, Through our Word of God series, we spent the summer in the Psalms, we've been working through Ephesians now, and uh, it's just been, I've been having a blast just going through and focusing on scripture, which is kind of what we were planning on doing all year. Remember back in January, our GROW initiative for the year was to learn and follow scripture, both personally and in community. Now, at the beginning of last year, we thought maybe this would be a lot more personally (laughs) than in community because we weren't sure quite where this virus is going to take us, if we were going to be able to meet anytime soon. I'm so thankful that we're able to meet in this space, to be able to gather and to go through the word in community as well. But I pray that you are taking advantage of this as well and going through personally, learning and following scripture personally as well as we are doing in community. but this series has been really fun. Uh, you know, this, honestly, I just really like Paul's letters. <laughs> Paul's letters are fun for me because there's this, there's this great mix of theology, what we believe, and then how, do, how does that work in real life and practice? Right, there's this, Paul is always really good at mixing both of these things. He, and this letter is no different, right? We talked about how the first few chapters of Ephesians are really theology. This is what we believe. And now we begin to get into, okay, well, if this is what we believe, then what does this look like in my life? And remember, he's talking to this church in Ephesus, more likely churches around Ephesus as well. Uh, And really, like I said, for the first few chapters, he's been talking about what we believe. Chapter one, we talked about how Christ is the head of the church and that we are the church, that we're not, the church is not a building because we don't come and consume church. The church is not an institution because the church does not compete against other churches, The church is us. We are the church. And Christ is the head of the church. In chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, we just looked at really the beauty of the Gospels, that we were once dead in our sin, but because of Christ, we have been made alive again. At the end of chapter 2 and into chapter 3, Paul kind of readdresses who's actually included in the church because of the Gospel. This mystery that Paul talks about, that because of the Gospel, even the Gentiles are included. Yeah, they once were in darkness. They once were, were separated from Christ. But now, because of Christ, because of the gospel, they have been adopted. They have been brought in. And now there is no more we or us and them. There's no more Jewish believers and Gentile believers. There is just the church. Right, this is kind of how chapter 3 ends as well as he says this prayer over the church that, that they would receive power through the Holy Spirit. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, as he talks about in chapter 1, that they would receive this power. We jumped into chapter 4 last week as kind of the beginning of this practicality piece of Paul. Right? Paul is kind of done talking about theology, although we're never really done talking about theology. But he's done kind of expressly talking about theology and talking now about what does this look like lived out. Last week we looked at what does it look like to be the church. What is the church lived out? The church is a body of believers that are joined together under biblical leadership to grow in Christ-likeness 
and be expressions of the love of God to each other and to the world around us. That's kind of where we ended last week, right? Was talking about what is the church practically, that we are a body of believers who are joined together under biblical leadership. Why? To grow in Christ-likeness and to be expressions of love, of God's love to the world around us. And this is where we pick up this morning. We're going to pick up in chapter 4, verse 17. Uh, and actually, we're going to read quite a bit here because Paul sometimes, sometimes Paul has really quick thoughts. In fact, Paul is really good at putting the gospel into these really short pieces. Uh, like we just said in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10, this is the gospel in 10 verses, right? Uh, but then he also kind of goes on these longer pieces, and this is one of those longer pieces that he's writing. So we're going to read from 4.17, and we'll go through kind of the middle of chapter 5 here. Uh, and he starts off with kind of this, this language shift that we've been alluding to lately, right? Here's what he says. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, and the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Now there is a they, right? There's a they, an expressed they in this passage now. Remember, the Gentiles at the, in chapter one, that was you. <laughs> the you was the Gentiles because he was talking to two different people. He was talking to the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers. And the you was the Gentile believers. And the us and the we was the Jewish believers. Now we have us, the church. And when he says you, he's talking to the church and there's the they. And it's the Gentiles, right? The, the, the non-believers now. Uh, this is, so his, his language has changed here. That, however, verse 20, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because there are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this, you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, 
For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful to even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it's said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we'll end this morning. Again, that's kind of a a bigger chunk of Scripture here, but I think there's... This is all kind of one, one thing that Paul is talking about. He's talking about how do we then live as believers, as individuals that make up the church? How do we then live? We talked about how to get along in the church. What is the church? The church is the body of believers joined together in biblical leadership. Yeah, But now how do we live now as individuals who make up the church? And this is kind of where he, he begins here. And he keeps going. As we read this, there's a theme that sometimes is kind of subtle, but is not at the same time, uh, that really pulls this, this passage together. And it's this theme of dark and light. This theme of dark and light that we see here. Remember the Gentiles in verse 18, talking about the Gentiles, they are darkened in their understanding and they're separated from the life of God. And as they are kind of in the dark, if you will, they have lost their senses, Right? They, have, they have lost their sensitivity, they're, and they're giving themselves over to a life that is not pleasing to God. In verse 8 in chapter 5, after listing more than a few things that believers should avoid, he says, You were once darkness, but now <clears throat> you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. There are some other kind of examples of light and dark in this passage as well, but this whole concept of light and dark is not a new way to talk about us as believers and how we live. This is found all throughout Scripture, especially in John's writings. Uh, John wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Revelation. He wrote those five books. And in those five books, this theme of light and dark is all over the place, right? In John 1, uh, we see it as he's introducing Jesus. In him, Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You get to 1st John 1, 5. That was... John 1.5, that was that one. Now 1 John 1.5 is also, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Even in the book of Revelation, right, the city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamb, who is Jesus, is its lamp. Now, even in the Old Testament, you go back to the Old Testament, this concept of light and dark is talked about. There's a familiar Christmas passage that we read in Isaiah chapter 9, right, talking about into the... Uh, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Who's Isaiah talking about there? He's talking about Jesus. Right? Jesus is the light. And here we have Paul going kind of back to the well of this imagery of light and dark to talk about how we live in Christ. You know, walk in light is what he's saying. Amen. Right? Live as children of light. Not of darkness, but light. Live as children of light. Of light. So oftentimes we look at these two forces, you know, we look at light and dark as if they're 
sort of opposing forces, right? They're kind of against each other. It's not actually really that accurate. Darkness and light, you think about them as opposing forces, but in reality, darkness has no chance when light is in the picture. Right? If, there is a, if there is a room that is dark, how do you get rid of the darkness? You introduce the light. And as soon as you turn on the light, darkness is gone. How do you get rid of light? Do you just introduce darkness in? No, you have to turn off the light. You have to remove the source of light, and then the darkness can come back in. This is, the darkness is not the opposite of light. It is the absence of light. Right? And this is, this is all, it's always at the mercy of light. Uh, and here's Paul again saying, live as children of light. This, we have the source of light, who is Jesus Christ. That's right. uh, he says this, live as children of light. It says in verse 8 in chapter 5, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Amen. Not just your light, your light in the Lord. Amen. Your light because of what Christ has done to you, for you. Live as children of light. I think I, I just kind of start to begin to question here. What does he mean by that? What does it mean to live as a child of light, as opposed to living as the Gentiles, the non-believers do in darkness? Uh, Paul, is, he doesn't really hold any punches here. He gives us kind of lists of activities that are dark and lists of activities that are light. But I think it goes deeper than that. I'm not just going to go through these lists and say, do this and don't do that, because I think that's, that's not what we need to do this morning. I think it goes deeper than that. Amen. What do we, how, how do we live as children of light? Uh, the very first thing I think it means that our life has to change. Amen. Our life has to change. You read verse 22 to 24. It says this. You were taught. Well, I'll start at verse 20. That, however, is not the way of the life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard, to your, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then again, we go to verse 8. You were once darkness, but now you are children of light. Live as children of light. There is a past and there is a present for Paul. You were once darkness. You were over here. And even as he's talking about the Gentiles in the beginning of our passage this morning, he said, look, that you don't need to live like that. That's not the way of life that you were taught. There is another way that we live. We don't live over here in the dark. We live over here in the light. And as children of light, our life must look different than the people in darkness. Life has to change if we are to be children of light. The way that we used to live before Christ came into our lives is no longer the way that we should live. Now, even, in, even in this passage, it talks about uh, you know, this new attitude of mind. Now, that's the one. Here, I'll, I'll just read this passage again, verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. That's an action that we take. Put off our old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your mind, that is not an action that we take. That is an action that is done to us. 
We are made new in the attitude of our mind. It reminds you of another passage that Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who does the renewing? God does the renewing. Who does the transforming? God does the transforming. So we put off the old self. We stop doing all of this stuff over here. This, this, we stop living in darkness. God renews our mind. And we begin to live in the light. We begin a new way of life. We put on the new self. And this is what he says. We, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now there's a new attitude of mind and there is a new way of life. Life has to change if we are to live as children of light. And as God renews our mind, we put off the old self. We put off the darkness and the way we once lived. This, this darkness is, is marked by a lot of things that Paul lists here. Right? Things like anger and unwholesome talk and bitterness and rage and brawling and slander and malice and sexual immorality and obscenity. We put on the new self, which is marked by many other things, many different things. And I, again, I won't go through the list of all of those things because I think I want to pare these down into just a couple different things that we can kind of think about as we think about the new self that we live in as children of light. And the first, one, the first marking, I would say, is obedience. You look in chapter 5, verse 1, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And he contrasts this life of love with the disobedient. Right? Verse 12, he talks about the, the disobedient. He talks about uh, it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Even in verse 6, he talks about God's wrath coming on those who are disobedient. And verse 15, be careful then how you live, right? He's, he's talking about a life of obedience here. This life of light, this life as a child of light and a life of, I guess you could say a child of darkness, is marked not by the things that are over here, but by a life of obedience to Christ. Yeah, this, is, this is, I think, huge for us. As we live as children of light, this is, we, we walk in the way of love. This is what obedience is. It's allowing our, our natural inclinations to come underneath something else. In this case, our natural inclinations come underneath walking in the way of love, walking in the way of Christ. Now, we understand this on a macro scale. We understand what it is like to allow our natural inclinations to come underneath another inclination. Think about fitness with me for a second. We understand that to be fit, you have to exercise, you have to eat right. What's your natural inclination? <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> Mine is to not exercise and to not eat right. Amen. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to get the amen out of this thing. But yeah, that, that, it's true though. Like that's, my natural inclination is not the not the healthy, not the right natural inclination, but in order to be healthy at some point, I have to put my natural inclinations underneath what it's gonna to take to be healthy. The same is true in walking in the light of Christ. Our natural inclination is oftentimes not to do what God is calling us to do. 
not to live the life that God is calling us to live. Our natural inclination is to go somewhere else. But we have to, at some point, put our natural inclination and make it subservient to this life that God is calling us to. Amen. Uh, that's what we have to do, right? We have to be obedient. Uh, we, we have to be obedient. And if you want to experience a great physical life, it's not just about doing whatever you want during your day. It's about establishing boundaries. And if you want to, to be where, you, where God is calling you to be spiritually, it's not just about going out and doing whatever you want. It's about making your life subservient to and surrendering it to Jesus Christ. Amen. To live the life that God is calling you. This is what it's about. You know, we often... Don't apply that kind of imagery or that to our, to our spiritual life. But this is the life that Christ is calling us to live. The scripture says it's a life of freedom, but it's a life of obedience as well. Verse 10 says, to find what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. See, walking as, and living, as walking in the light is a John thing. Paul talks about living as children of light. But living as a child of light means walking in obedience. It also means to walk in honesty. Honesty. Hey, listen to what he says here in verse 25 of chapter 4. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we're all members of one body. He goes back to that one body thing quite a bit here in Ephesians. In your anger, don't sin. Let the, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing something dishonest must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. We walk in obedience. We walk in honesty. And if we walk in honesty without walking in obedience... We sort of begin to lead these self-centered, self-absorbed lives that kind of keep us from pursuing intimacy with God in the first place. Obedience is not about our acceptance. It's about our intimacy with God. We have already been accepted by God. One of the things that keeps us from being intimate with God is our obedience. But if we walk in honesty about our sin, then we can be in right relationship with God. But honesty does, can't just stop with us and our sin. It has to go to everything else as well. And our relationships with each other, the way we talk with each other, the way that we interact with each other, the way that we operate our lives. See, if we walk in obedience without honesty, we become self-righteous, we become legalistic, we become really experts at hiding our sin because we never have to be honest about anything. All right, this, is, this is what it is. It's to live as a child of light. We need to walk in obedience, but we also need to walk in honesty. Now, Paul says here, <clears throat> let me find this again. Our new self is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What is true righteousness? What is right living? We, this is what we've been talking about. Putting off the dark, putting on the new. What is... Holiness. Holiness is being set apart. Setting apart our lives. We're no longer a part of this darkness. We are a part of this light. This is who we are now. He closes it out, this, this passage in chapter 5. Well, he closes out what I've been talking about. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise 
but as wise. Not as unwise, but as wise. Question for you. You don't have to think back too far, hopefully. How do we become wise? How do we, how do we, how do we do this? You go back to chapter 4. As we're talking about being mature and united as the body of Christ, that we are joined together under biblical leadership, that we might show love. Here's what he says. Then, in, in verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the, cun- by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. How do we live as wise people? It goes back always in Paul, in Ephesians at least. It goes back to the church. We must be connected to the body Christ. That is how we live as wise and not as unwise because we, we need each other to encourage one another to toss ideas back and forth to be able to know what God is saying. Uh, it goes back to last week in chapter 4 like I said it always goes back to the church for Paul <laughs> at least in Ephesians it always goes back to the church. I think this, this passage is just a good passage. I think you know, as we talk about this passage, we talk about, okay, what does it look like for me? I get, Paul, you're telling me to be a part of a church. I get, Paul, that you're asking me to, uh, you know, we're all one body. It doesn't matter where I've come from. It doesn't matter what I've done or who I've done it with. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. If I have said yes to you, I am a part of the body of Christ. Christ is the head. I get that. What does this look like for me? Well, it looks like living as a child of light. That's what it looks like for Paul. It's about putting off the old self, putting off the, the dark side, if you will. It's, it's putting off all the deeds of the darkness, turning off all of this stuff that we used to do. Our life has to look different. When we are a child of light, our life will look different. People from our past will look at us and say, there's something different about you because I'm not that person anymore. That's not who I am. That's not who I, I am anymore. This is, this is me. I am a new creation. Yeah, Paul talks about all the new in 1 Corinthians as well. Paul is nothing if not consistent in all of his letters. He talks about all this stuff over and over again. But I, this is what Paul's talking about. Take off the old self. Put on the new self. This is who you were. This is who you are in Christ. Amen. You have a new identity. And your new identity <clears throat> is not based on what you've done in your past. In fact, it's not even based on what you're doing now. What does Paul call you? He calls you a child of light. Who's the light? The light is Jesus. Our new identity is found in Jesus. Who is the head of the church of which we are a part? This is Ephesians. (laughs) This This is Paul. I hope you're catching a theme here with Paul. Everything comes back to the church. Even next week, as we begin to dive into the end of chapter 5 and into chapter 6, talking about kind of even family relations, it all goes back to the church. Amen. Everything goes back to the church. I hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am. I, I love this book. I love Ephesians. I love Paul. That's just good stuff. But let me say a word of prayer this morning. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for speaking to us through your word. I just pray this week, God, that you would just, 
challenge us this week to be children of light. To look for the ways in which maybe this, this old self is still creeping through. Look for the ways of maybe there's some darkness that is, that is shining through, or not shining through, but creeping, creeping through a little bit. And God, I just pray that you would challenge us and shape us this week to be the children of light that you are calling us to be. God, that you would, you would be with us this week as we go, that you would just, just almost do replays of our interactions in our minds, God, and just, just show us how we can be children of light in different, different areas of our lives, God. We, just, we need you to show us how to do this. But help us to do it, God. Help us to be children of light this week. That's our, that's our challenge, and that, that was Paul's challenge to this church in Ephesus that is our challenge today, to be a child of light, to put off the old self, which is characterized by the deeds of darkness, and to put on this new self, which is characterized by being a child of light. God, may we be that child of light this week. May he challenge us and shape us and encourage us as we do. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me today? And uh, as we leave, just I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Uh, may our God, God of grace and truth and the same power that raised him from the dead, may he be in you and with you and go ahead of you this week. May he be in your workplaces, in your homes, in your cars, wherever you may find yourself, that you may find yourself in his presence and then that presence would give you courage to go and make a difference wherever you may find yourself this week. Go in grace, go in peace, go in the power of the Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning, everybody. It's good to see you all.